0: great danger. is there another kind you see the useful idiots that the soviet union that lenin put into america are now the useful idiots from the chinese
1: u.s president joe biden who has had another week of gas, confused moments
0: uh, uh. they're coming down in america like pac-man eating us up alive
2: uh. Uh, They're acting more as propagandists. Also, the science has changed.
0: You know the Pac-Man game? Think of a Pac-Man game out of control. Sucking away at the foundation of America.
2: If Russia pursues its aggression, it will face the massive consequences that...
3: Because if they don't want you to believe something and they can cast doubt...
2: We have no intention of fighting Russia.
3: Sometimes confusion can actually be the goal. The goal. The goal.
2: And as we've said all along...
3: Confusion can
2: actually be the goal.
4: Well, I'm confused. Why isn't Biden in prison? Hey, welcome to another edition of Speaking Out. I'm Jim Watkins, and it's good to have you here. And i like to bring in my guest, Jan Charles Gray, who is an expert political mind, as well as a Harvard-trained lawyer. And I wanted to get his legal perspective on, on all of the, the trappings of, of the theater yesterday, i.e., Donald Trump being indicted. What could we possibly say, uh, Jan Gray? Uh, first, welcome to the program. What could we say today? in reflection of what hasn't been said already. What's your takeaway on all this?
0: Well, Jim, thanks for having me. Um, To begin with, I think that every American should actually go on their computer and just put in a Trump indictment, and it will bring up the 49-page indictment and at least look at it, possibly print the 49 pages out, and have a chance to read through what the Justice Department has done here, it hits me right in the eye like a big pizza pie, as uh, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, (laughs) uh, Martin once said, is that it's the only indictment I've ever seen that actually has pictures in it. (laughs) So these pictures... The pictures that we're seeing okay, on TV are actually in the indictment. So there's one picture where a box, maybe it was kicked over by an FBI agent. Who knows? But the box is open and you can see that there are some newspaper articles in the box. Who cares? I mean, it's a big nothing burger in any event.
4: But there are people the that. Part of the. Yeah, you're oh, go on. Continue on.
0: Well, there are four or five reasons why this case is not going to uh, pass muster in the courts of this country. First of all, uh, it's charged under the Espionage Act and not the Presidential Records Act. The Espionage Act, as you know, is a criminal statute. The the Presidential Records Act is a civil statute which is never mentioned in the indictment. Now, how in the world can you have an indictment over this issue with the President of the United States and not mention the Presidential Records Act? Hard to believe, isn't it?
4: So um, you're convinced? You are convinced as a as a Harvard trained lawyer and as uh, one of uh, Southern California's uh, most successful chief counsel to. A major uh, business organization, and you're telling me that you don't think that the the indictment will stand.
0: Correct, and I think Alan Dershowitz, who believe it or not, I uh, I had when I was at Harvard Law School, agrees with me. Of course, Alan is obviously a um, a Democrat, a left wing person, but he's someone who evaluates what's happening probably pretty correctly. Um, So continue on, though. To continue on, for instance, the attorney-client privilege here, they they were able to convince a judge that the exception where there was a crime about to be committed, I mean, someone was about to be murdered, and so they could have an exception to the attorney-client privilege. That's that's just wrong. It's just flat out wrong. And most lawyers will tell you that because when you have clients and, I, and I've had a lot of clients, thousands of clients in my life, and they will propose things to you like, you know, what if we did nothing? Hello. That's what supposedly uh, Trump said. Or let's just uh, destroy the the evidence or whatever. They're asking their lawyer what the consequences of that is. Uh, And so when you allow the lawyer to talk about it, it it is not what the mind of the client has to offer. Mm -hmm. It's just in many ways rhetorical bullshit. Excuse my French. Um, that clients use all the time anyway.
4: Well, um, you know, so then why is the left so excited about this? Don't they, don't they have lawyers on the left that would tell them what you just said?
0: Yes, they do. But you see these people on CNN and MSNBC, they're like trained seals, you know? Um, (laughs) They, they will, you know, stand up Some and of them look they like will grab the, <laughs> the, the, the bite there. And look, Jake Tapper, for instance, on CNN last night, he would not allow Trump's speech to be aired or the yeah. fact that Trump went to Versailles or. the the famous Cuban restaurant that I've been in uh, in Florida that I'm sure you have sure because he didn't, he didn't want to see the people actually embracing Trump or the protests outside uh, of the courthouse. And the reason he gave was that Trump lies all the time. Well, the reality is, is that during the speech, and this is why I don't think he wanted it aired, Um, There were a couple of lines about the fact, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, that uh, Joe Biden had taken a $5 million bribe. Well, people at CNN, the Trump haters, they don't want to have that out there. So they just say to the public, you're not mature enough to listen and actually evaluate what someone is saying. We're going to evaluate it for you, and we're not even going to let you see it.
4: Well, you know, Rachel Maddow <laughs> did the same thing. She actually said, "If we think there's news, we'll report it to you," which is a nice way of saying, "We'll be the we'll be the judge on whether we'll let you hear what, you know what, what's going on, and we'll make that determination for you. You don't have to make that. That's our job." And and that is so anti journalist. I, I I couldn't stop laughing when I read that. Um, and and it just goes to show you how nervous i think the uh the left is because if they can't i want to play a clip for you this is something that uh, biden was asked when he came back from the g20 he asked uh he was asked by a reporter what do you say to the world leaders who tell you that they're worried that trump will end up back in the white house how are you going to stop him and of course what a what a trumped up question but anyway here's was here was biden's response we
2: just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if we uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again.
4: So is he just admitting that he is going to use his power uh, to take out a political opponent?
0: Well, I think what's happened here in the Justice Department, for instance, I'll give you a reason why uh, Merrick Garland is doing this stuff, uh, and no one has... This is the first, Jim. Yeah. Uh, or tell me that anybody has suggested this. I think what uh, President Biden has said to Merritt Garland uh, early on in his term is that Merritt, you know, you were denied the Supreme Court uh, position. In the Senate. Yeah. Uh, and if you do well during my administration, in the last year, I will appoint you to the Supreme Court.
4: You think that was and a deal they made?
0: I think that's a deal I made.
4: Can you imagine um, Merrick Garland sitting on the Supreme Court? Uh, just, just, well,
0: we, he, was, he was pretty close. Uh, you know, our buddy from Kentucky in the Senate prevented it. But, you know, uh, all I'm saying is with regard to Rachel Maddow, when we were talking the other day, yeah. I, I told you that I listened to Rachel Maddow, and you said, well, that's surprising to me. And I said to you, well, the notion here is that keep your uh, friends close and your enemies closer.
4: Yeah, that was and Julius Caesar who said that, right?
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. It was somebody that got stabbed. I don't know who it was, but
4: the Ides of March. Uh, I think it was Julius Caesar. Uh, but um,
0: anyway, Rachel Maddow the other night had a notion that well, we've done this before. Fifty years ago, the Justice Department. intervened because they thought Nixon was going to go out of office and Sparrow Agnew would become president. And so they, uh, had an indictment against him, but it it was a far different issue and one that I know a lot about because one of the big grocery companies in Maryland, giant foods were people that I was in contact with in the seventies, not, Exactly in 72, but in 75. Yeah. And they told me about Sparrow Agnew when he was a county commissioner and then when he was the governor of Maryland, which happened a lot in this country, which is why many of these politicians, Joe Biden among them, uh, have been working at not that high a salary. And all of a sudden they end up with a couple of mansions somewhere. Right.
4: Right. Well, hold that thought, Jan, uh, Jan, because we're up against a break and I do want to spend a lot of time on this. If you can hang on when we come back, I want you to tell me, based on the preponderance of evidence, what you think is the likelihood that Joe Biden himself has committed not one but numerous crimes. So we'll get to that in just a moment. I am talking, of course, with my uh, good friend and legal scholar Jan Charles Gray from the west coast and we will continue speaking out America one one drum I want to bang on is that Biden should be impeached. Uh, and I said that based on the Hunter laptop lap, laptop uh, story and the fact that that the government, the deep state, had hid that from the American people. and there were clearly questionable transactions made and we have the record and we have the proof and we also have proof that the government, the Department of Justice, suppressed it and actually prevented it from getting to the American people. But now we're looking at where now we have evidence that the Biden crime family has taken money from Romania and, and we know from certain companies that are controlled by the CCP in China. And then the bombshell now is that there's an audio tape or several audio tapes floating out there from uh, the, the former, I guess he was the, uh, the founder of Burisma, who bought off the Bidens, Joe Biden and in Hunter. So that they would get rid of this guy that was investigating that guy for corruption. And they have a paper trail. And we've had four or five Congress people come forward and say they've read the report from the informant. The informant is a, uh, you know, a reliable source. So I ask you, Jan Gray, based on the preponderance of what you've seen and what you've heard so far, do you think that President Biden is guilty of a crime?
0: what will be just to finish up on the Sparrow Agnew thing. He took envelopes with two to $3,000, which was a lot of money in 1972 um, that he'd been taking for years and years. And so there, there's no equivalency to Biden's uh, to, uh, to Trump's indictment, to Sparrow Agnew's if there is a voice You know, a voice um, of Biden that the American people can hear and they can see that he's taking a bribe. I think he is toast. And um, the impeachment articles that were introduced yesterday by uh, one of the Republican congresspeople had an impeachment that would go not only to Biden, but to Kamala Harris also, which would be really good. Because then Kevin McCarthy would be uh, <laughs> the president, or actually, it would be uh, Chuck Schumer, which is another no, not
4: you Get that? No. <laughs> we don't All want to right, have let me that finish.
0: happen. Let me, let me let me finish on the other reasons that that Trump isn't going to be in hot water here is there's a thing in the law called mens rea which basically means intent or will. And it's the intention or knowledge that you're doing something that's wrong. Well, trust me, Trump didn't think he was doing anything that was wrong. And so they have to prove intent in this espionage case to, 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 you know, Mm-hmm. hook the president here. So that's not going to happen. And then the other notion is that what about the equal justice of this? Because, you know, Biden as a senator has had these uh, supposed documents. The other thing about the classified documents is the people that are saying, oh, it, it endangers people in the world and our forces. And Nikki Haley says she's worried about her husband. Whatever. I mean, Biden, as a senator, has had these boxes there and as vice president next to his Corvette in his garage. Yeah. Um, by the way, the pictures you'll see on that indictment. OK, yeah, they're in a bathroom or they're in a ballroom. Um, do you think the bathroom has a locked door on it or the ballroom has a locked door on it? Of course they do. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the FBI asked is to put a double lock, which Trump did. So Mm. finally, the fifth part of this is this recording in New Jersey that purports to um, say that, and and what Trump did was he he had a piece of paper in his hand. and he says, Hey, here's something that I didn't declassify. It's uh, our plan um, to attack uh, Iran. Well, is there anybody in in the known world that doesn't think that we have a plan to attack Iran? Yeah, Hello? well, that's a
4: good point. Didn't think about that.
0: And, and 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 he didn't give them a copy of it. in in Florida, by the way, in New Jersey, one party can consent to a recording of a conversation. It was obviously falsely recorded, but even in New Jersey, it can't be used for a criminal investigation. In Florida, you'd have to have both parties. So if he'd been in mar lago when he had that interview, yeah. that would have been a criminal act. In New Jersey, it is not allowed to be used in a criminal prosecution. So... It's one of these situations where you have every single Trump hater in the world coming out, and it's it's sad to see. The sad part that I see is that how can people hate so much? You know very well that this was a president of the United States. Is he going to be selling secrets to the enemy? Is he giving uh, documents that would endanger troops? Of course not. And to, to say that, uh, I don't know. It's just okay. so turned on its he- head that it, it, it won't fly in Peoria. Let's.
4: I'm going to assume that Trump knows exactly what you say is true and that Trump is calculating, he's making a political calculation he knows that this is a nothing burger, but he can still use it to galvanize political support, certainly donor uh, activity, and he could drag this thing along until, you know, a couple of days after the election. If, if I mean, this is how the process of law works, and, and I tweeted out this morning that the, the news cycle and the legal system run at completely different time frames. It takes years for things to process through the legal system, but the news media is not going to sit there and wait and wait and wait. And eventually they'll lose interest in this story and then they'll just move on Uh, because there's not enough there, there and what you said is true. So I think that Donald Trump is using this as a way of, of ensuring that he will get elected and he knows that he is not going to get indicted and that'll make him look even stronger.
0: Let me just tweak what you said a little bit, because Donald Trump and I think a lot. Today is his birthday. Uh, He was born in 1946. Tomorrow is my birthday. I was born a year later. Okay. Um, Happy birthday. So, thank you. Astrologically, I might say, we're uh, fellows that think alike. Your brothers,
4: yeah. Here's
0: what I think he's he's going to do.
4: We have one minute. He
0: will... uh, he, He will... Use this until he gets the Republican nomination. At that point, he'll need to have independence. So what he'll do then is make these motions based on the things we've talked about today. Mm -hmm. And those motions will knock the indictments out so that he can get the independent vote that he needs to be elected president. So it's a two-step process here. Getting the nomination and using this to get the nomination and then uh, making some legal work that will knock the indictments out. And when the indictments are knocked out, what is CNN or MSNBC going to say? That that the courts are are, are fraudulent? Well,
4: probably. All right. Well, Jan, it's uh, unfortunate that we have run out of time. I appreciate you giving your legal expertise and, and insight into this, and I think it's very valuable. And I hope that people are paying attention. Um, uh, Not all is lost. In fact, this could be something that could work hugely towards Trump's advantage. Uh, Jan Charles Gray, thanks again for joining me on Speaking Out America. We'll be right back. Always happy to have Reverend James Harden drop in and uh, share his insight. He is the CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services, and lives outside of Rochester, New York, with his wife and ten children. He has written extensively on medical ethics, executive leadership, and pro-life strategy. Welcome back, Reverend.
2: It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. It's an honor.
4: Specifically about this last weekend and in what we're seeing in the in the trans movement. We're seeing what the the, the White House is promoting LGBTQ youth. Tell us about that effect on our culture today. Where are we culturally in this country, and how did we get here?
2: Our country is in, um, is in peril culturally, and I, and, I, and I speak from that perspective relative to morality. Uh, a, a, a free democratic constitutional rule of law requires a moral people. And when you've got the White House raising the um, LGBTQ pride flag um, over, the, o- over the White House between two American flags as the primary flag, it represents a moral position. It also represents a coup, by the way. And, and so when you look at <clears throat> the LGBTQ kind of transgender movement, uh, what it represents is anarchy. What it represents is a reengineering engineering of morality in our society, a restructuring of, of the moral framework of our society, um, and the only reason a, a, a the you know our our society w- would be interested in, in re-engineering morality is for the purpose of restructuring government. Um, you know, a, so a free a free people re- requires a moral people, a people that self discipline, that have a common understanding of right and wrong, and the transgender movement represents anarchy. Uh, in an absolute form. And by anarchy, I mean a, a group of people who reject the natural law, even seen within themselves and their own body parts. It, they, re, they, they reject a moral law, anything that, that says there's an objective standard of right and wrong beyond what they their appetites dictate. And they, they also reject um, any form of governmental law that uh, is in opposition to, uh, again, their appetites or how they view... Reality or how or how they insist other people view their reality or or their fiction I should say. Um, so w- what we have now is is, is, is a, 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 an all out war on the socioeconomic structures of the of our nation state system that is free market Christianity and 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 it's and, and it's being led essentially by, by a, a Biden kind of Maoist red guard known as the transgender movement. They are militant, they are aggressive, and they are intentionally um, trying to restructure, re-engineer the moral framework to make this dysphoria of transgenderism a norm so that nobody knows whether they're you know, uh, speaking in a way that's offensive to their neighbor or, or, or saying something that could be considered hateful or against the law. So everybody's kind of locked up now. But what what needs to happen is people need to stand up and say, this is not a matter of civil rights. This is a matter of the existence of a, a free democratic rule of law, because when people when the mob comes along and says, no, this is how, how we're going to how we want to be ruled or how we want to rule you, then uh, it, it's it's rule of man. And that's very different than rule of law, which is an objective standard of right and wrong that dictates. Uh, the just how the justice system operates and and holds people accountable, um, and and the rule of man is just basically, you know, uh, you know, whatever whatever one person wants, it's, it's Nietzscheism, it's nihilism, it's uh, or a group of people by the way, not just one person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we're in a very dire situation right now in America.
4: If you object to or if you voice opposition to transgender, uh, in any form or fashion, you're immediately labeled. Uh, homophobic or transphobic or hateful how do you counter that
2: well it's difficult to counter um uh, a group of people who refuse to engage in unreasonable debate um so if you, if you just look at science of course you know all you got to do is look at science look at the dna look at cellular structure you know there is a there is an uh An XX and XY chromosome, and basically every cell in a male body is a male cell, and every cell in a female body is a female cell. No matter what you think or do to your body, it's not going to
4: change The the problem is that the message that comes from music and entertainment and performers, particularly Taylor Swift, all these people are pushing for trans rights and LGBTQ rights as if they are sacrosanct. They're, They're almost a religion unto themselves, this is unprecedented. Have we ever seen this in history before?
2: Well, I, I don't think we've ever seen anything this radical, certainly in the United States. Um, you, you might have to go further back um, into Europe, possibly in the 20th century, where you would have this kind of tyrannical <clears throat> um, you know, a regime that's, that's ing- engaging in intentional propaganda to force people uh, to, to think about reality differently. Um, that's a, if you, there's a book that was written by a, a, a research psychologist after World War II named Albert Merleau, and he talks about this reality, this kind of propaganda that's being weaponized against populations in order to, um, excuse me, give them this, uh, put put them in this kind of position where they don't know which end is up and they don't know, um, when they're going to be attacked. Or how they're going to be attacked for holding to a uh, traditional understanding of right and wrong, as well as holding to uh, the insistence that a reality is what it is. A male is a male, and a female is a female. But if you, you know, you, so you have to play along with a fiction in order mm-hmm. to go along and get along in our society. It's very upsetting um, to most people, and they just keep their head down and hope it goes away. But everybody knows the lies are happening, and everybody's being forced to play along with the lies. It's, uh, <clears throat> it's a dangerous thing uh, to, to, to destabilize a, a country in this way uh, because now people don't know what it means to be a family. People are having difficulties having, uh, you know, relationships with the opposite sex and having children. Um, this is, t- you know, it's, it's in and being used as, as a new form of religion, almost being de- deployed in the public school system. Um, you know, parents are being vilified for holding to traditional uh, Judeo Christian values around what it means to be a male or a female or, a, or a married couple. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- this is a very um, this this moment in our culture. I don't think is. I mean, I look back in you know, biblical history, like Sodom and Gomorrah, for example. I mean, I'm not even sure it went this far in Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, you scratch your head and you got to wonder what what is going on. Th- th- w- there's an all-out attack on our children and our families with respect to transgenderism.
4: I happen to think that perhaps uh, the prof- uh, the the same. Uh, financial interests that are behind the promotion of abortion on a massive scale are the same people that are also pushing this because we know that it's big business uh, it requires a lot of medical attention a lot of it would probably end up being paid by the taxpayer under this administration Uh, in California they are in the process of passing a law that would force insurance companies to cover uh, in vitro for uh, gay men who wish to have a child and also cover the cost of whatever it would cost to have a surrogate, they would make it a law that the state would enforce that insurance companies must cover the cost of these things to accommodate LGBTQ advocacy. Isn't that amazing?
2: It is amazing. Yeah, they want to make childbearing a right for all people. Um, when, you know, it's, it's not a right, it's, 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 uh, it's not. So if you make childbearing a, a human right for anybody in the transgender movement, males included, um you then it's incumbent upon the state to ensure that the right is provided or you know for, for that 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 group of people so of course they're going to have to make these laws but the problem is <clears throat> when you accept that the government when you accept a right created by the government you are tacitly approving a different form of government other than the rule of law yeah because the, go- the government is not the creator of rights the government is the protector of inalienable rights that God gives us. And so when you tacitly accept these these rights that government gives you, you're essentially uh, saying, look, I, I am government's servant um, instead of the government being my servant. And that's a big problem because that represents a fundamental reversal of the nature of government. And that's what, that's what abortion represents, by the way, exactly that. Mm-hmm. Abortion represents a, a, a right created and conferred by the government and and it and it, it ultimately conflicts with the inalienable right uh, of life. Uh, so, you this know, this could
4: ultimately lead to a kind of government where they determine who has a right to have a child and who does not have a right to have a child. I think that's where exactly. we're headed. Yeah, oh.
2: that is, I think, exactly, exactly where we're headed.
4: We're going to have to leave it there. Reverend Jim Harden from Compass Care, the CEO, as a matter of fact, uh, please join him and support him online at compass dot com and reverend thank you for all of your hard work
2: thank you God bless.
3: we want to discuss information the committee has learned since our last press conference in november new information investigators have uncovered regarding the transfer of money from foreign entities to the Biden family. Many of the wire payments occurred while Joe Biden was vice president and leading the United States efforts in these countries. This is the end, beautiful friend. First instance, while Vice President Biden was lecturing Romania on anti-corruption policies, in reality he was a walking billboard for his son and family to collect money. Hunter Biden and his associates capitalized on a lucrative financial relationship with a Romanian national who was under investigation for and later convicted of corruption in Romania. The Bidens received over one million dollars. This is the end, beautiful
4: friend. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I'm Jim Watkins. Yeah, you know, we have to bang this drum. Uh, As I tweeted to my followers today across the fruited plain, we have to hold this man accountable and the press has to do their job. We have to tell Joe Biden, if this is true, we will we will find out you will have a day of reckoning and everything that you're doing now towards uh, your adversary, your political opponent is going to come back tenfold. You may not survive it, Joe, frankly, with his aging uh, did you hear the mumbling he did yesterday? He was sitting with, I think, it might have been with the Prime Minister of, of England, of the UK. And he was going off on some tangent about uh, the, some uh, construction that had been done in decades past. He, he just, I, I wish they would have let it roll because he went on for a good five minutes and I couldn't tell you anything. But I will tell you something else. I will tell you something else. Things are not looking good right now. In Ukraine, I I mentioned yesterday on this program that Putin and Belarus have agreed to allow uh, the Ukrainians to put uh, nuclear weapons, tactical nuclear weapons in the Belarus country of Belarus, which is right next to Poland, which is right. Gets them a little bit for a closer uh, to Europe. Another quote today from Putin saying we want to negotiate peace. It's not us. And if you know, earlier this week, we celebrated Peace Day on Monday. We should make Peace Day uh, to commemorate John F. Kennedy's peace speech on June 10th in 1963, mere months before he was shot and assassinated. And that's what makes it all the more interesting is here's a man who's out there understanding the rules of the game. He understands geopolitical warfare. He understands tactical strategy. But he also understands that at the end of the day, It's in everybody's interest to pursue peace. Here's a little bit of that speech from June 10th, 1963. And I'm hoping that someone who's closely connected with the Biden administration, perhaps a Jake Sullivan or a Valerie Newland, or someone must open up their eyes and realize that they are pushing us to the the brink. They're pushing us to the edge. And it is not going to serve anybody's interest unless somebody, somebody stands up and says, maybe it's time to negotiate a peace settlement
1: is not unrelated to world peace. When a man's way please the Lord, the scriptures tell us, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. And is not peace in the last analysis basically a matter of human rights, the right to live out our lives without fear of devastation, the right to breathe air as nature provided it, the right of future generations to a healthy existence, While we proceed to safeguard our national interests, let us also safeguard human interests. And the elimination of war and arms is clearly in the interests of both. No treaty, however much it may be to the advantage of all, however tightly it may be worded, can provide absolute security against the risks of deception and evasion. But it can, if it is sufficiently effective, in its enforcement and it is sufficiently in the interest of its signers offer far more security and far fewer risks than an unabated uncontrolled unpredictable arms race the United States as the world knows will never start a war we do not want a war we do not now expect a war this generation of Americans has already had enough more than enough of war and hate and oppression.
4: I read today, in uh, that's John Kennedy, talking about the contentious uh, atmosphere, even back then, between Russia and the United States. And now today I'm reading that, uh, as if to make things more interesting, the Biden administration is going to be providing, this is from Breitbart, I'm sourcing it, uh, depleted plutonium. And he is going to give uh, Zelensky what he wants in this new new form of weaponry. Uh, and, and if I can find the story, it's not good because this sends a message, nuclear, a nuclear message. And meanwhile, the so-called counteroffensive, you notice you haven't seeing too much about it. Massive numbers of casualties on, on Ukraine's side. Some casualties, I think Putin admitted today, 58 of his soldiers were killed in the latest spring counteroffensive and uh, and yet today again I read that uh, Lukashenko claims Belarus is receiving Russian tactical nuclear weapons and meanwhile our country is going to be providing depleted uh, uranium in the form of weapons by administration to, to supply depleted uranium rounds to Ukraine. According to the report from the Wall Street Journal citing American administration sources, the Biden government is planning on providing Ukraine with depleted uranium rounds to equip the Abram tanks expected to be sent into the conflict in the coming months. The decision the paper reported came after months of internal debate within the White House, with the Pentagon in particular, pushing for the ammunition to be sent to the Zelensky government. The U.S. military first began using depleted uranium in mass during the first Iraqi war in the early 1990s. Due to its high density, the material has been used for tank armor as well as for some bullets and anti-tank rounds, with it being highly effective in penetrating armored vehicles and tasks. You know, uranium is very condensed. It's That's why they can make it explode, because when you shove one more atom in there, it goes boom. But this, of course, is depleted uranium, so technically... It's not radioactive. But still, you know, let's not mince words. Uh, It is a a war of escalation and attrition. And when it's all said and done, what kind of country is uh, Ukraine going to have left? What are we inheriting? We broke it. We fixed it. Remember that one from the Iraqi war? How did that work out for us? Not well. Uh, Let's see here. Paul McCartney made it in the news. And, you know, you've been hearing a lot of talk about AI. Kind of interesting, isn't it? Paul McCartney said that they took some old video or old uh, audio tapes of John Lennon. And and if you don't know, you can feed the audio of a person. And and I've done this. I have the equipment to do it myself. You can take your own voice or you can take the voice of someone and you can you can feed it into an AI or some sort of a voice to text. Uh, program and it will what it will do is it'll allow you to then write anything that you want or say anything that you want and you tell it what to say but you put it in the voice of the person that you want to hear it from and you could be a a, you know it could be a, a dead grandmother or an uncle if you've got their audio if you've got a video audio or video of them you can take that and put it in a computer and then have it spit out whatever else you wanted to say in that voice. And so now they're doing it with the Beatles. And uh, Paul McCartney says, Yeah, we got a song coming out. And it's going to be a brand new song. And it will include the vocals of John Lennon. But it won't be really John Lennon. It'll just be the synthesized or synthetic voice of John Lennon singing with me. You know, and I'm thinking, I don't know how I feel about this. This is kind of new territory for me. You know, because is it real? Is it not real? Is it, it's not really John Lennon's voice. Have you seen some of the, they have these avatars now on Instagram, mostly on Instagram. I don't see them often, but they're, they're usually depictions of just really beautiful women's faces, but they're absolutely perfect faces. They're, they're like eat, E, Eve, you know, like Adam and Eve, just beautiful. You can't think of anything more beautiful, but they're not real. And they're trying to make it real. And they're trying to evoke a human response. So an artificial performance or media invoking a human response, I guess that's nothing new. I mean, that's what movies are all about, taking us away, taking us to fantasy land, right? Uh, And and it is a different, uh, things are changing all the time. In fact, so now Tucker Carlson has had three uh, Twitter broadcasts tucker on twitter and he's surpassed 115 million views you know on an average week he might get 4 million maybe 5 million in twitter alone 115 million you know what that tells me that tells me that people are shifting to different forms of media that have nothing to do with cable and they have nothing to do with that big flat screen oh we still use those there's no question about that and we will continue to use those, but uh, you know it's 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 a different thing now. People are getting their information from that little thing that is perched in their hands continuously, known as the smartphone, and that's that's going to present a new paradigm and a new shift. Whoever controls that medium controls the world, really, literally. Elon Musk was right. Twitter is the most powerful medium on the planet right now. And you know what? I'm kind of glad that he's in charge of it. Until next time, speaking out, America, I'm Jim Watkins.